This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Hey, hey there. Welcome to another episode of the How She Did That podcast. I hope you are having such an amazing week and such an amazing day. We are diving in to one of my least favorite topics. I'm just going to be honest. Just because I cover it on this podcast does not mean that I am excited about it. But as CEOs of our agencies, we have to do the hard work that sometimes is not fun, (laughs) but is necessary. This is one of those not fun, but necessary things if you are not a numbers person. And while I love watching numbers pile up in terms of money, (laughs) I do not necessarily love documenting them or tracking them, especially when things aren't going as well, right? So the first thing that I like to remind members of Agency Thrive Mind when we're having conversations specifically around numbers, is that number one, numbers are just a metric. They just are. And we have to work really hard at removing any shame around our numbers, any beliefs about what that means about who we are as people around our numbers, and just let our numbers be a data point that support us in helping us tell a story about our business, not about ourselves, but about our business and what we maybe need to focus more on, what we need to focus less on, what we need to step it up in terms of maybe marketing or visibility or any of those things. That is why I want to talk about numbers today. So we are going to dive into the five numbers that we have to stay on top of as agency owners. I'm including this um, as a reminder to myself because there are times that I'm really good at this and there are times that I'm not so good at this. So this is a great reminder for me. If you're uh, a seasoned agency owner and you're like, Tasha, I've got this down, I still want you to listen to this episode because this is probably a great reminder for you too as well. And I'm gonna give you some tips at the end on how to kind of prioritize this and maybe ways to make it a little bit more fun. Sound good? Okay, let's dive in. So number one is the one that we all are gonna look at the most, and that is top line revenue. I define top line revenue as that number that is all the money collected that comes into your business, right? So you may have multiple revenue streams as long as that all those revenue streams are all under the same LLC or S-corp or however you do it. I want you to be looking at all of those. Now, the way that I do it is I actually have a spreadsheet and I'll explain the spreadsheet a little bit more uh, towards as as we're going. But the part of the spreadsheet that I want to explain now is that in my revenue, I have it broken up into the launch guild side, so the agency side, as well as the personal brand side, the Tasha Booth side. Reason being because our launch guild side and our, our personal brand side is all under the same LLC is all under the same S corp, right? But I want to see 
what is doing well in certain months, what's doing well in certain pockets. And so I have it broken down into our Launch Guild clients, as well as my different programs on the Tasha Booth side, on the personal brand side. This helps me get a feel for what should I maybe be letting go of in terms of maybe programs that are no longer profitable or programs that I no longer want to do, or maybe I wanna decide to do fewer of them, fewer rounds each year those sorts of things, right? So it's helping me make decisions. But the reason I want you to break down your revenue into buckets is basically what I just said, that it's going to help you make better decisions in terms of things. So if you only have an agency, if you don't have a personal brand, let's talk about what those buckets could look like. You might want to look at ongoing retainer clients. So those who are are on ongoing packages with your agency versus project-based. And even in project-based, you may want to break it down even further and do what kinds of projects. So for example, this year we did one, maybe zero podcast launches. All of our launches this year have been full service launch support packages in terms of helping our clients launch events, both online and in-person events, helping them launch new courses, helping them launch new programs, all of those things. But we've done no podcast launches this year. So that tells me two things. Number one, I did not talk about podcast launches this year at all. (laughs) And so that probably affected why we didn't do any podcast launches. But also now when my team and I get together for our leadership team retreat um, later this year, we're going to talk about, okay, do we actually want to keep podcast launches on our docket of services? Or is that something that we just want to not have to talk about and not have to market since our primary audience is coming to us for these other types of services, right? So maybe it's via service type, you even wanna break it down. If you do something like VIP days or intensives, break that down as well so that you can see what you need to be putting more of your marketing dollars and marketing time towards, and maybe those things that are no longer serving you. So once again, revenue is your top line revenue that is everything that comes in. And this is before, I want you to think about this before taxes, before credit card fees, before any of that. This is your big number that is going to be the total per month and per um, year as well. Yes, yes? Okay. Then we have the next number that we are going to make sure that we're looking at are our expenses. Now, what we like to do at the Launch Guild is I actually have an Asana board that has all of our expenses in it. Um, So all of our platform expenses, not all of our expenses, but specifically for like our systems that we use, our platforms that we use. And it has the date that it renews. So is it yearly? Does it renew monthly? It has the dollar amount that it currently renews at. And um, we actually go through that quarterly to make sure that we are utilizing the platforms and systems that we are paying for. You will be so surprised. Maybe you won't be surprised. Maybe you're like, clearly, Tasha, I I understand this all too well, right? We go through this quarterly and there are so many times that we're like, we haven't touched this system in a, a full quarter. Why are we keeping it? Why are we still paying money for it? And I've done this multiple times before where I've found literally $1,000 over the course of a year on platforms that we canceled and now we have an extra $1,000 in our pocket at the end of the year, right, as a team. So- I think that this is really important, uh, especially platforms, services, the other expenses that you want to be looking at, your pay, your team pay, your credit card fees, your taxes, all of those things that are minus in your 
checking account or your bank account, right? All of those things that are being deducted. Um, There are some hidden costs that I think we often forget about. One of those costs, I'm so embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this because this is really important. So one year at the end of the year, our accountant had a come to Jesus moment with us. And she said, y'all spent $30,000 on gifts last year. Like that is astronomical. And I was like, how how did we do that? (laughs) Like that is expenses are one of those things that can get out of hand so quickly if you're not tracking them, right? And so what we ended up doing, it's not that we stopped gifting, we decided on rubrics specifically around gifting. And so instead of sending our clients $100 or $150 gifts, even though we love doing that, we decided, okay, if they've been a client for, or if they're at this milestone as a client, right? It's their first launch with us. We send this type of gift at this type of level. If it's their second launch with us, we send this type of gift at this type of level, if it's their birthday. So doing that really helped us hone in on how astronomical our expenses were getting and how to still do the things that we loved for our clients and our team while not ballooning our expenses out of control. Make sense? Moving on to number three, we have profit. So when I think about profit, I think about your revenue number, your top line big number, minus your expenses and what is left over. Now, different people will will calculate profit slightly differently. Some people look at profit and that is what the you as the business owner end up taking home as your income. Now, I hate doing it this way. <laughs> Reason being because I think one of the things that is can be really demoralizing and can really kind of drain a business owner is when they're not paying themselves on a regular basis, right? Whether it's weekly or biweekly or monthly, whatever cadence works for you. If you're not taking home a paycheck and you are working your butt off, that is not going to feel good long-term, short-term, or any term in between. And so my suggestion is that you decide what is a reasonable salary for you, have a conversation with your accountant, have a conversation with your partner or spouse or whatever, decide and look at your books, of course, decide what is a reasonable salary for you and stick to that salary. I like to pay myself weekly. We pay our um, employees weekly. We pay our contractors bi-weekly, the, the second and fourth Fridays of each month. And so that the reason that I'm bringing that up is because um, when I think of profit, my expenses in terms of paying myself is already like in that expense category, right? So when I'm thinking of profit, I'm not thinking of needing a huge amount left over because I've already paid myself. That profit is going to be a rainy day fund. It's going to be where I pay myself a quarterly bonus from. It's going to be where I pay my team a end of year bonus. All of that is going to come out of that profit category. But depending on how you are paying yourself, means that you may want more profit in at that bottom line number or less profit. I know that there are are a lot of people or some people out there that think that that number should be huge, but I think that a lot of times they feel that number should be huge because that's where they're paying themselves from. So just know that if you're paying yourself from your expense category and making that just a line item in your expenses and not waiting to figure out where that, how much that profit is, that profit number is going to be smaller And I truly believe that that's okay. Moving on to number four, fulfillment costs. This is primarily going to be team costs, right? But, and this is less about like 
So your fulfillment costs, of course, are going to be part of your expenses. But the reason I pulled this out kind of as a specific number that I want you to be looking at is this is another place that I see for agency owners specifically where things can balloon out of control and where we think our costs are X and they end up being Y. So what I mean by that, I'll give you another story, embarrassing moment by Tasha. We had a client maybe three, four years ago. So this is a while back. We've learned since then. But we had a client three, four years ago who I was just like, every time I paid my team, I was like, this, why is this feeling so expensive? Like, why is this feeling so expensive? And I realized, I think we were like three months into this contract. So it had been a while, right? I realized I calculated and I realized that I was paying out in team costs $300 per month more than I was making from that client. So that client, let's say, was paying us $1,000. I was paying my team $1,300. And so I was losing money on that client every single time. So I had to recalibrate what that package fulfillment, what delivering on that client package needed to look like. Now, I now know <laughs> that what I needed to do was when I had a new package, I needed to look at what those team costs were going to be. I also needed to look at the hidden team costs. So specifically with agencies, the, some of the hidden team costs are your operations assistant or the project manager. If they're not in that client account all the time, like a virtual assistant or even an account manager or whoever the primary point of contact is for that client, sometimes it's easy to forget that there are costs associated with that client, right, specifically. So one of the things that I mean about this is, for example, if you have your operations assistant onboarding and offboarding that client and also gifting for that client, sending them gifts, sending them um, maybe doing emails, any of those things, that's going to be a cost, right? You're paying your operations assistant out of that client. And so you need to make sure that you understand what the true fulfillment costs are to deliver on that client package, whether it be a one-off package or whether it be an ongoing retainer making sure that you have let, looked at those costs and that you're looking at it also on an ongoing basis to make sure that those costs aren't ballooning for, for your team is going to be vitally important to making sure that you stay profitable, that you're not in the red because you're paying your team too much for the package that you're delivering for that client. Yes, yes. And last but not least, cash flow projections. Now, this is one of those places where we often need to take a deep breath and remember that it doesn't mean anything about us as people. We're just looking at our money. Now, I do this in two ways. Number one, and this this is a hard one for me, but I open my, my uh, app that has my banking information every single day, and I look at the numbers, and I thank the money that is there, and I invite more money to come in. And I know that that sounds like a super woo thing, and I'm not a very woo person, but I know that it's really helped me to regulate how I feel about my business, how I feel about myself, and how I feel about money in general when there's a lot of money in there, when there's not a lot of money in there, and everything in between. And so making that a habit to look at your money daily will be super helpful for you. Let's go back to that spreadsheet that I was telling you about. So I have all of our clients, I have an entire year view on that one spreadsheet, and I have all of the the projected income, right? So if we have a client who is doing 12 weeks of launch support, 
that's usually, um, we usually divide their amount into three payments. So I know, let's say their launch support package is $15,000. So I know that from that particular client, we have $5,000 coming in each month. Then from there, I can look ahead and say, oh, okay, we're doing great for January, February, March of next year, but April, we have a huge dip. Now, that gives me an opportunity to make some decisions and to really front load what I need to do in terms of pipeline, lead generation, sales activities, in order to make sure that we have enough clients when it comes to March, April, and ongoing. This is going to be helpful for you, even though it's going to be hard and scary at the beginning. Also, if I get to a month out and I'm still looking at April or May and it's still um, going to be difficult months, it gives me an opportunity to make some really hard decisions earlier on rather than having to wait until a week out from like catastrophe. Do you know what I mean? So that's why looking at your cash flow projections and knowing what money is going to be coming in and what money is going to be going out on an ongoing basis every single month is going to be vitally important for you to be able to make some decisions sooner rather than later. Later, And you are going to be so grateful to yourself after you've done it for a while. It's going to hurt at first, right? So my suggestion is that you look at your money at least weekly if you're not looking at your money daily. My suggestion, once again, is to open up your banking app or do it online um, on your laptop and look at your money every single day. But if that feels scary right now, start every Friday. Put it as something that you do in your CEO time and really track these numbers. Also, make sure that on your quarterly planning, you are putting one of the bullet points of your quarterly planning, one of the things that you're checking off is to look at your expenses, to look at the platforms that you're using and to make some decisions about whether they are still serving and supporting you or whether you don't need it anymore. And making sure that you also make a plan to cancel because we just did that with a platform that we've said we've wanted to cancel for three months now. We just got charged for it again and I'm like, oh, I forgot to cancel it, right? So making sure that you're proactive and actually canceling that, that will be helpful to you. I know that money is a big thing and I know that there are a lot of feelings and a lot of baggage uh, that comes up when we have conversations around money and finances. And I want you to know that sometimes this is not going to be super fun. When there is not as much money coming in as you want there to be coming in, which we'll talk about in another episode, it's really, it can be really hard and it can make you feel like you're not doing enough. And I want you to know that you are doing enough and you should keep going. And I am here to support you in any way that I possibly can. I hope this episode was super helpful. Let me know over on Instagram at the Tasha Booth what you thought, number one of this episode, and also how you track your money. What has made the most sense for you and your brain and your business? Talk to you soon. There are three things I know a lot about, launching, growing an agency, and musical theater. If you're starting or growing a done-for-you service agency, then I definitely want you to check out the Agency Thrive Mind. This is the program for done-for-you service agency owners looking for support and accountability. Inside of Thrive Mind, you'll have access to both one-on-one and group coaching, a smaller accountability pod cheering you on, a resource library full of templates and trainings, monthly group mindset coaching, guest expert trainings, and so much more. Head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash ThriveMind for all the details. That's TashaBooth.com forward slash ThriveMind. 
Until next time, remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward because you are doing a great job. <laughs>